Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, fellow gamers. This is the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are so thrilled to have you here with us today. We are going to be deep diving the Resident Evil 4 remake. I am your host, Paul, who steps on every single bear trap in this game. And joining me, his blood has accepted the gift and his body is riddled with Las Plagas parasites. It's Josh. Dude, Las Plagas gets a bad rap. Let's be honest. They're just it trying to make powerful. you stronger. Yeah, exactly. A, yeah. a little ugly, though. <laughs> it really makes your veins pop, Josh. Yeah. That's that's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Well, just in case anyone hasn't tuned in for a while, we are back to a two-man show. Basically, long story short, Michael just has some personal stuff going on that required him to step down, at least for now. Uh, we do want to wish him the best. He's not just an amazing coworker, but also an amazing friend. All right. Well, Josh, I don't think we have any housekeeping in this episode. I think Uh-oh. we can just let's jump get, right into it, let's right? Let's get to it. I'm excited, man. All right, Josh. Baby Eagle has been kidnapped. It's time for Condor 1 to rescue her. Let's deep dive Resident Evil 4. Okay, the Steam description on this game reads as follows. Survival is just the beginning. Six years have passed since the biological disaster in Raccoon City. Leon S. Kennedy, one of the survivors, tracks the president's kidnapped daughter to a secluded European village where there is something terribly wrong with the locals. All right, so by way of spoiler warning, we are definitely going to talk about specific weapons, certain things that unlock, enemy types, things of that nature. I think we're just going to mostly talk about story stuff from the first half of the game, uh, so we won't divulge any major story spoilers, But at the same time, I do want to make sure you all know we are going to talk about stuff that unlocks over the course of the game. All right. So starting out, Josh, I feel like anytime we cover a sequel like this, we got to ask the general question. Are you a fan of the Resident Evil series? And did you play the original RE4 back at release? So I like the series. I I would not say I'm like a super fan of the series, to be honest. Like I have played several of them. I played the first Resident Evil. I played the second Resident Evil. And then I think I maybe played three, but I don't remember. I know yeah. I didn't play four. I didn't play five. I didn't play six. I played part of seven. And then we picked it back up with Resident Evil Village. I played all the way through that. And now the remake. So... I would say 
I know of the series. I enjoyed my time with the series, but I'm not like some mega Resident Evil fan. And I never played the initial Resident Evil 4. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, so I would definitely say I'm a fan of the series. I would not say I'm a super fanboy, but Resident Evil 4 was actually the first one that I ever played. And I played all the Resident Evil entries after that. I've, and I've never gone back to play the original few. So I know especially the two remake was just so beloved game of the year nominee, all that kind of stuff. So I was really excited to get back into four because I had not played it since back on GameCube when it first released. I used to spend so much time playing through this game with my girlfriend at the time uh, ended up becoming my wife later but her cousins would come over and play so her cousins anthony and ryan would come over we would just pass the controller and take turns and i just remember all the jump scares and we would like scream and and play through the game i this is no secret i've said it multiple times resident evil 4 is one of my all-time favorite games so shocker i love the remake i have no problem spoiling that early you guys know how much i love this game already can't wait to get more into it. I did want to share a little bit of historical context to kind of share a little bit about how important this game was back when it released in 05. So a couple of stats and accolades for you, Josh, and then I want to kind of get your thoughts about this. All right. So this is all prior to the remake. The OG version sold over 11 million copies. It was a critical darling. It has a rating of 96 on Metacritic, Ooh. which ties it with Half-Life 2, GTA 5, Breath of the Wild, oh. Bioshock, GoldenEye, Metal Gear Solid 2, and Mass Effect 2. Dude, that's so a this pantheon is the of video games right there, man. <laughs> we are talking all-timers. This game popularized over-the-shoulder third-person view. They're not the first to do it, but they popularized it, which is still used in every third-person game today. So they're actually the ones who brought that to the forefront. It won a slew of Game of the Year awards. And I have a couple of uh, interesting facts here as well. So the developers of The Last of Us, Dead Space, Bioshock, Bloodborne, and God of War 2018 all said that Resident Evil 4 was a major influence on how they shaped those games. In fact, Dead Space was already partially developed. Then Resident Evil 4 released. They went back to the drawing board and said, this raises the stakes for horror third-person adventure games. We got to rework this game because this is too good. And they completely changed it from that point on. They also went through multiple versions of Resident Evil 4. In the very beginning, they said, you know, just give us what you got. We want to go a little more action-oriented. Feel free to get creative. And the first take was too action-forward for Resident Evil. They said, we love what you made, but we don't think it's right for Resident Evil. And it became its own spinoff series. By any chance, do you know what it is? No. What? Devil May Cry. The very first Devil May Cry, which of course went on to be another huge successful yeah. franchise, was actually the very first rendition of Resident Evil 4, so, which is wild. So what you're saying, Paul, is that Resident Evil 4 was an industry-changing game. Absolutely, yes. Hugely successful. Fair to say, one of the all-time most influential. How did I miss... Miss this game when it came out, man. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I love talking about this game. Let's get into it here. I know we already talked about the opening minutes when we did a uh, This Week in Gaming episode when we all got to play the demo, but we got to talk about it again here. Will you just tell us a little bit about how the game opens and that initial 
famous fight in the village. Yeah. So the game opens with it's, you know, and, and again, I'm playing this not having have played the original. So I'll be honest, I don't know who the characters are. Um, I don't know what I'm doing or any of that stuff. But the game does a good job. It says, hey, the president's daughter is missing your special agent, Leon S. Kennedy. And I'm like, OK, I don't know who that is. But, you know, all right. I, you know, I'm, I'm handsome, at least. So that's good. You're, you're riding with a couple police officers. They're saying, hey, this is, you know, we got reports uh, that she might be around here. You get a good intro like any game does to, you know, hey, press W to move forward or, you know, on the forward on the controller. Just a little bit of, you know, get used to everything. I will say that I was instantly blown away by the graphics in this game um, when, you know, we we like to troll remakes that only up a polygon count or something like that. But you can tell that this game is is super modern. I think they use the same engine that they use for Resident Village. Um it, it just is beautiful, man. So right away, I was like, okay, whew, that's good. This isn't just going to be like a port of the old game now. And then, you know, you wander through the woods, you come across a couple creepy things, some dead animal carcasses, and then you come to this village. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Finally, civilization. This is the place I was looking for. And then you see the first like horror elements of this game yeah. because a police officer that went ahead to help look around is tied up to a bonfire and gets set on fire in front of your very eyes by the villagers. And then you're like, Oh heck no, man. So then I start creeping around this village. I get found, which is going to happen. And I panic Paul. (laughs) (laughs) That's the appropriate response. I did. I didn't know what to do. I started just, and so I just started blasting. <laughs> like the Danny, what's the Danny yeah, DeVito, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, from Always Sunny. Wow. But it's a lucky thing I had my pieces. Your, your pieces? My gun. Oh. Fine. Anyway, I started blasting. Bang! Wow. Bang! Well, I don't see so good, so I missed. Then they ran away. I ran after them. Okay. Bang! Try to shoot them in the back. But I don't want so good either. Anyway, you guys all think I'm a hero, and I'll accept that responsibility. So anyway, I just started shooting. And then I started, <laughs> and I did not realize that. This doesn't end. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going through ammo, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, I'm out of ammo. I'm running for my life. This is the most hectic, like, stressful sequence. Like, in a game, if you wanted to, like, get your blood pumping or see what the tone of this game is going to be, this opening... I, this happens in, what, the first 30 minutes of the game? Oh, even earlier than yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like minute five or six. Dude, you, you really only look in one building prior to this. It sets such a good pace of like, this is what you're about to experience. We hope you're ready for it. And because it, that, the, almost the whole game is like that. Now it's not all just super, you know, it's not super action, super tense, but the, the, like the level of anxiety that this game gives you is yeah. freaking top notch, man. Well, and one of the reasons why is that these are not mindless zombies. So this is where the game got so creative. They are infected by this thing called Las Plagas, and you find out more about it over the course of the game. But they uh, it impact these individuals where when they get infected, they can still pick up hatchets and they'll chuck them at you. They'll run around with pitchforks and like charge you and try to stab you with them. So this is not slow moving uh kind of zombies. This is like 28 days later zombies, you know, sprinting for you. And then all of a sudden you hear distant church bells 
Oh, and we we left out the part of the chainsaw. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, this guy pops out with a chainsaw, and he's got like a paper bag over his head with these bulging eyes that you barely see. He starts running around with the chainsaw ru- running after you. And there's like the 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 cow gets set loose and starts stampeding over people. There's dogs and chickens running around, all the villagers that are infected. All of this finally ends when the bell rings, and they all immediately stop, turn, and just start Dude. walking away. And uh, Leon's like, what? Uh, <laughs> what is Josh going on? Josh was like, what? Like, what is happening? <laughs> but I was so relieved at the same time, man. I've been running yeah. for my life for like five minutes straight. And, and and it should be said, because you touched on this, these enemies in this game are not mindless. If, if you jump through a window, like they're going to follow you through the window. But then when you go to open the door out back, there's going to be people coming because they knew that you would probably leave the other route. Um, yeah. So the enemies in this game are, are quite smart too, which is really good. Yeah. This opening sequence just perfectly sets up this mix of horror storytelling elements, more action focused. There's weird religious cult stuff going on. Cause you see robes and the church bells and it, it just sets up the tone of the game. So perfectly. I have one one interesting thing here. Bruce Straley, who is the director of the Uncharted series, says this is the all-time best opening fight of a video game ever. It, and it, I think he might be right. I'm not sure what else I'd put up against it. It is hard to communicate the sense of tension and stress and like panic. Honestly, like uh, mm-hmm. I'm running around this small village. It's not big at all. There's probably 15 to 20 villagers at any given moment. They're trying to trap you in. You're jumping through windows. You're smashing through doors. Occasionally you're boxed in. So now you got to actually shoot a couple people and try to like hack your way out. You get five feet of breathing room, which feels like it is the most amazing thing ever until you round a corner. (laughs) There's three more people in front of you. You are literally just panicking. And this goes on for four to five minutes. And oh, it's when you hear that bell and they all stop, it is the biggest like sigh of relief, but like this adrenaline dump at the same time because it, they add because crazy chainsaw guy that really needs to go see an optometrist because I don't know what's going on with that dude's <laughs> eyes, <laughs> you know, but he's coming after you. Uh, it, it is honestly the opening to this game is is fantastic. There's nothing more anxiety producing to me than walking backward, reloading my pistol as creepy grandma is coming at me with her arms forward trying to grab me. Oh, it's great. All right. So basically the gameplay loop of Resident Evil 4 as you move forward, you are trying to find Ashley, the president's daughter. And really, it's just kind of a cycle of, okay, here's the next clue. She may have gone that way. And then on your way there, you're killing enemies. You're searching and finding loot. um, You're solving puzzles every once in a while you get stuck you got to solve this puzzle to move forward and then occasionally you run into the merchant who will buy treasure and loot off of you and you can also buy new weapons upgrades consumables crafting mats all that kind of stuff so from a general standpoint as far as you know puzzles loot combat did you find that to be a satisfying gameplay loop I did. This is the Resident Evil that I'm familiar with. It's right? the formula. Like this, mm-hmm. uh, this is the formula. And I remember it way back from my early days of playing Resident Evil 1 and 2 and maybe 3. Um, 
you know, opening up drawers and finding green herbs, right? Or some pistol ammo and looking around and trying to scavenge up more ammo because you're going to need it, that sort of thing. Um, coming across a door where there's obviously something missing, right? It's like you're missing a gear. So you got, oh, I got to go find a gear now. Yep. Like this gameplay loop is the, is like the DNA of Resident Evil to me. And since we had recently played Resident Evil Village, this was my comfort zone, right? Because this is like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what I remember from the series, from the game. And it works. Like here, here, this is the goofy thing to me, right? Is that gaming has come a long way since 2005 when yeah. the first, when this released, right? Mm-hmm. And it still works to this day. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could get nitpicky and say, well, it's kind of feeling a little dated because all I'm doing is it's a treasure hunt and I'm just looking around to find object A so I can put it in puzzle B and then move on, right? But the way that they do it, it just works, man. And even the stupid little things, like when you find it, that it plays the little animation of like <laughs> you inserting it and then it turning and this thing spinning or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, like I'm good. What's on the other side of this door now? Oh, I love it. And the puzzles are always well-tuned. They're not that difficult. You know, this is not a puzzle game by any stretch of the imagination, but you might have to flip levers because you can only power certain parts of this part of the map and you got to flip things back and forth or maybe you have to play little mini games where you have to connect power lines to get access, stuff like that. What's so interesting to me about the loot system is the treasure in this game. I find it to be so weirdly satisfying to loot jewelry and to loot gems and then be able to insert the gems into the treasure, which then gives it various bonuses and making it worth a lot more money. I don't know why it's such a simple wrinkle, but it really does add an interesting strategy to the game. It's, it's because of the... Like, do you take the instant gratification? It's like yeah. that thing where you give a kid a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You say, hey, if you don't eat this marshmallow, you get two marshmallows later, right? Yep. And it's like, okay, well, here's a golden chalice. You can sell it to the vendor now, and maybe you can buy that upgrade. But if you hold on to it, wait until you insert three gems into it. Now it's going to be worth three times as much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, dang it. I really need money right now, but I don't want to sell this thing. Or I spent four hours collecting gems. Now I've sold this thing for 80 grand and I can afford this really nice weapon upgrade that I've been wanting or something like that. It just, it kind of puts that on you. Yeah. It's really interesting because your jewelry will have either circular sockets or square sockets. And then as you loot, you get different gems, maybe rubies or sapphires or emeralds. And I I, I swore that the game was not going to trick me into selling something too early. I was very patient. It always pays off to not sell any gear until you pop in all the gems. And near the end of the game, I was only one short of selling a second crown, which requires five slots. And if you do one of every color, that's the biggest bonus. And I was missing a purple square. I think they're called Alexandrites or something like that. Yeah. And I was like in the last chapter or the second to last chapter and I sold it. And I kid you not, it was like 90 seconds later, I found a square cut <laughs> Alexandrite. And I was oh, no. so freaking mad that I lost all that extra income. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. So let's talk about the actual combat. So fighting in Resident Evil 4 is this mix of melee and guns. The guns you basically unlock over time. The longer you play, the more are made available. Or maybe you loot and find them in the world. And you upgrade them over time through the merchant. So 
from your perspective playing this, how did you feel about combat? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, this is not a Overwatch, Destiny 2, Call of Duty type campaign. Um, But the combat to me was more than serviceable. I think the combat really shines in, again, I'm going to keep saying this tension and this like anxiety that they put on you because the, the enemies are always coming at you or they're lobbing dynamite from up high. Like you have to be aware of your surroundings in this game, but the, the combat is so satisfying in the sense that if you shoot somebody in the head, it will stagger them and they'll turn around and like grab their head for a second, right? Mm -hmm. If you shoot them in the leg, they'll fall to the ground on that knee. And so the game it's, you know, the game registers where you're shooting people. If you shoot them in the hand, like if you actually shoot them in the weapon that they're holding, that it'll fly out of their hands. Yep. And so this is like the type of combat that I want because it's like, I just need to slow this guy down. I don't need to kill him. I just need to cripple his leg or make sure he can't throw that dynamite at me. So let me shoot the dynamite and blow that up. That's (laughs) going to catch three people on fire. They're going to stop and scream for a second. That's going to give me some breathing room so that I can reload or I can make it up this ladder or get high ground or something like that. Um, I liked the... I, I just it it just felt good. It do, like it doesn't feel modern to me necessarily in that sense, but that's almost a good thing because it's got a little bit of that old school flavor to it. But it does. in like a yeah. modern but in a modern way where hit registration matters, enemies react to where you shoot them. Um weapons have weight to them. I mean, the shotgun feels great, man. The pistols are accurate, which is what you need. You get rifles and stuff like that. We'll get into the the weapons a little bit later, but I thought combat was, it was fitting for this game and it was very enjoyable. Yeah. And ammo, it it doesn't exactly fall from the heavens. I mean, ammo's not terribly sparse, but a lot of it is staggering an enemy. And then that allows you to get close and do a melee attack on the monster. So you're not very often just pulling out your knife and swinging it for combat, but it is a lot of shooting them to stagger. You do a melee move. One thing that they kind of got rid of in the remake that I always found very funny is in the original, you could shoot an enemy in the legs and they'd fall on their knees. And then it would say, press A to suplex, like literally on the screen. So you can still do it in the remake. It just doesn't tell you. So you can still stagger them that way and get right in front of them and do the melee move. And he'll just do a, you know, wrestling suplex over his head. Oh, it cracks me up every time. Um, the game does also do a little bit about like targeting different parts of enemies. So it's not just headshots all the time. Having the different targetable parts is, is is really interesting. I, I find the combat in this to be very fun. Also, parrying with the knife is incredibly satisfying. So if an enemy chucks something at you, you can shoot that hatchet out of the air. Or you can parry it with your knife. Or as an enemy is about to hit you, even chainsaws, you can press the parry button. You'll put up your knife and you'll be able to parry it. Although the knives now in the remake do have durability. So they do break down. You have to pay to fix them. But a large part of it is also uh, parrying, which is really interesting. I feel like combat's very risk-reward in this game. The durability Mm -hmm. of your knife does play a part in that, right? Like, yes, you can parry. You can finish people off very quickly. Like you said, if you melee them, but they're not dead yet, usually they're on the ground, and then you can walk up and stab them in the head, and they die instantly and stuff like that. But then you're you're sacrificing the durability of your knife. Chainsaw guy's coming after you. (laughs) You can parry it, but your knife's going to be darn near broken by the time that's done with. 
ammo for me, I don't know, man. I like ammo was a resource in this game. I it's not that I was ever completely out, but there was enough times where I was so low on ammo that I started to get worried. Yeah. And so I it, it it forced me to play slightly differently until I could find more ammo, which I'm not is is not a bad thing. I like that it mixed it up a little bit, but it also made me think about I can't just blast my way through everything in this game because no. I'm not going to have enough ammo to do that. I have to be smart, I have to run when I can, I have to stall things when I need to kill things when I have to kind of thing, but I really like that there was this constant like judging like should I take this fight? Should I blast all these guys with the shotgun? Maybe I should save the shotgun ammo. Maybe I'll just try to pop a couple headshots. Maybe I'll use my knife. You know, forget the durability. I I need to conserve ammo, so I'm just going to knife everything for a little while. And I liked that aspect of it. Like during it, I didn't like it because I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like just I just want to <laughs> shotgun everything. But it did. It doesn't let you do that. But that's a good thing. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, well, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Okay, Josh, one last note on combat before going into some of the weapons in the inventory. One thing that's really wild to me is that in the original RE4, whenever you were aiming with your gun, almost like the aim down sights, even if mm-hmm. it was like your pistol, you could not move. So your feet would be stuck in the ground that and then you terrible. start aiming and shooting. So of course in the remake they have to modernize it. They do now allow you to hold down the right mouse button or your trigger on a controller and then still walk around and move. But that also added to so much of the anxiety in the original that gets a little bit lost in the remake because you're constantly trying to very quickly aim and shoot before they come grab you while you're just a sitting target. All right, so let's talk about weapons and inventory. You get a few different knife options. There's tons of weapons. There's throwables like grenades and flashbangs. You also get healing items like the herbs, eggs, fish, first aid spray, uh, all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff like that. Were there any weapons in particular that you favored? I, I like I do with most games, I stick with one build and then max it out or one weapon and max it out. I will yeah. say... I was pleasantly surprised by the variation of equipment in this game. For a game that was, you know, from 2005, I was constantly finding new weapons or seeing weapons for sale. I was constantly finding new throwables, grenades, flashbangs, that kind of stuff, new healing items, new crafting items, um, new treasures, you know, new gems, all that stuff. So I was actually really taken aback by how in depth the inventory system or like the rpg element of like yeah. that aspect of this game was um so i found that i just went with pistol to be honest with you because that was was the primary ammo that i always came across and then i got about 3 hours from the end of the game mm-hmm. and then i went am i an idiot paul is this <laughs> one of those games where depending on what weapon you use that's the ammo it feeds you do you not know, like some games? It's like, oh, if you tend to mainly use a shotgun, then the game will drop shotgun ammo for you like more often. I don't, I don't know if so. that's I don't I, know I if think, that's the case. But then no. I had this moment where I was like, I am the biggest dummy ever because I've just been using a pistol because that's the only ammo I find. <laughs> and then I was like, what is this whole time? I could have been yeah. using a shotgun, you know. But no, I so the um and and this is the best part, right? If like I went pistol. There's like five different pistols in this game. Yep. I went shotgun and I'm like, oh, I finally got the shotgun. Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, 
You want a better shotgun? I got a better shotgun. And then I'm like, wait a minute, there's better shotguns? Like, yeah! <laughs> like, so, um, so the Red 9 for me was the pistol that I, I went with. And then I just maxed that thing out. I did too. Yeah. The, the Red the 9, Red is 9, that 8. what you went with? I sure did. Yeah, it's a great pistol. It, the, the pistols in Resident Evil 4 feel the most lore accurate to me. It's a little goofy as much as I love the rifles in this game, which I think they're a lot of fun, whether you go with the bolt action or like the semi-auto rifles. But to me, it always feels a little weird, especially when you can buy a rocket launcher in this game. Now, rocket launcher, ammo, you know, you get one shot with it. And I only was able to shoot the rocket launcher twice in my entire playthrough. But I love being able to run around with the pistols. They're very satisfying. And I always reserve the other ammo for the bosses. I mean, that's just how I play. That's yeah. For me, basically what I did. Yeah. And the action in this game amps up a lot more in the final two chapters. And that's when I kind of knew, okay, I know there's 16 chapters. Here's where I've been holding on to this rifle ammo and crafting mats. I'm going to pump out a whole bunch of rifle ammo and I'm just going to start being a sniper for the rest of this game. And that's a lot of fun too. I feel like all the weapons serve a purpose. The shotguns are great to hit multiple enemies when they get up close. Rifles, you pick off certain enemies. And then you get submachine guns, which don't aim very well with recoil. But if you're fighting a giant boss that's 28 feet tall, you can unload a whole clip in a couple seconds and do a lot of damage. So, you know, the game also has magnums, the bolt thrower. Um, you know, there's a lot of weapons to choose from here. Did you did you try to use the bolt thrower? I tried for like a chapter or two, and then I was just like, I don't I don't like this this weapon. And it's goofy because I whined about ammo like availability, and the whole yeah. shtick with the bolt thrower is well, you can go collect your bolts back. Yeah. But it's like so slow and and it reloads and it just didn't have any oomph. And I, I just finally was like, I don't think I like this, but I think I'm supposed to like it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I just rolled with the other other ammo types and, and I would just sell any bolts or like magnum ammo that I would find. I, I will say the other thing about weapons that I really enjoyed was the upgrade system. Yeah, it's simple, but fun. I that is one of the things that really just gets me is like, okay, I found this pistol. I like the red nine. Um, Oh, I can purchase a stock for it, which is going to make it way more accurate, which is one of its biggest problems. Okay, well, great. And then you feel the difference in Mm -hmm. that. So not only an attachment, because then you can get scopes for certain guns, but now it's like, okay, I have extra cash. I can upgrade the power of the gun. I can upgrade the like the magazine size. I can upgrade the reload speed or the um is it the range? What's the fourth one? Reload. Did you say reload speed? Yeah, reload speed. Oh, firing rate. Firing rate. That's the Fire one. Rate, I, dude, yeah. How did I brain fart that one? Um <laughs> but so and then so this is the thing, right? Is it's like, oh, okay, well, I this gun reloads quickly. I don't really need to focus on that, but it's a pistol, so I want it to be stronger. So let me start dumping money into power on this thing. Um, I just really like that system because it lets you customize your favorite weapon like the way that you want to play it. Yeah, and you don't have to have choice paralysis because you can always sell a weapon with all those upgrades and that increases the value of your gun. So if you buy a certain gun for 30,000 pesetas, when you sell it back, it's going to be worth less than that. But any money you pour in through the upgrades, you get back when you sell it. And I really like that because I hate when... 
games force you to like upgrade a weapon and now you find a better pistol yeah and now you've just lost all that money i just wind up hoarding everything then because it's like i don't want to lose that money so i just wind up hoarding everything and then it's like i'm just using a base pistol for two-thirds of the game yeah so i really like how in this game it doesn't punish you for making choices all right so i think one of the most memorable things about resident evil 4 are the enemy types so in the beginning you start out by fighting people that are not terribly infected yet with Las Plagas. And over the course of the game, you start to fight things that are more infected. They're stronger. They're more powerful. You start fighting different enemy types. Are there any enemy types in particular that stand out to you? I This is something that the game does very well. Is It actually has a decent number of enemy types to the game. Like you have your villagers and your human people, and some of them have axes that they throw, some of them have dynamite, some of them have pitchforks, flails, you know. I mean, they have different weapons, but they're all kind of human. But then the game gets into like some weird stuff, man. And More I will sci-fi. say, yeah, it really gets into like a lot of the weird monsters and the Las Plagas stuff and some like horrible experiment stuff gone wrong. And so I actually, for me, anything that was fast in this game was scary because a lot of the villagers move very slowly. So it's like, you know, they're coming. That's that coming doom of like, you know, like I said, that, that, that anxiety of like, oh man, there's five guys coming at me, but I have like 30 seconds before they get here. When you're in a level where they have those freaky wolf things, like the dogs that come (laughs) busting out of a hedge or around a corner. That's where I'm like, ah, like die, (laughs) die. And I'm like, you know, I'm within shots and stuff like that. Um, They had the flying bugs, which were easy Mm. to kill, but they would zip around and fly. And you're constantly looking in all directions because they would hover behind you and you wouldn't know it. Um, You know, the first time the Las Plagas, busts out of the guy's head it's like okay yeah but then there's the one with the mouth yeah and then that thing is a tank dude you have to shoot it like directly down the throat to do enough damage or you are emptying all of your ammo into this thing my favorite my favorite mob of the whole game were the the they're called the regenerators um, Absolutely. They're the, the white dudes, yep. the white blobby things that come out of the body bags. So that clever. thing is terrifying, dude. So the, this is, this is yeah, one of my all-time favorite villain types in games. So the first time you run across these, you're going through this lab and you're reading notes about how they're doing all these experiments. And then all of a sudden, you just got to fight one of these things. And it's white and you can shoot it. But it very, very quickly regenerates. So you can blast it in the legs with a shotgun, and it's almost like like the uh, the T one thousand or whatever in Terminator yep. Two. Yeah, and then you it just, see where your shots are hitting it and impacting yeah. it, which is really cool. And you'll stagger him, and he'll fall, and the legs get blown off. But then it just all very quickly regenerates, and he starts chasing you again. And you quickly realize I cannot fight this thing. I just have to run around. Until you unlock what is called, uh, what's the name of the scope that they give you? The biosensor scope. And what this does is now you attach this to one of your guns. Now, when you look at the Regenerador, you can see where the Las Plagas are moving and swarming inside its body. And you have to precisely shoot those Las Plagas inside him. Like a surgeon. And then the enemy will actually die. So you can't just blast it with normal weapons. You have to strategically use this scope. That's so clever. I've never seen anything like that in a game prior to Resident Evil 4. Well, Paul, you know what is even better? 
what? than that is you can actually kill you these can. guys. Yes, spray and pray. I, dis- I discovered <laughs> that because I was in some part where I was like, apparently I have to kill this thing. I don't think yeah. it's killable. And then I died a lot. And then one of the tool tips was you need to it, it's in the during the loading screen. It said the these guys can be killed if you kill the plugus inside them. Yeah. And then that's when I unloaded an entire eight shots with my shotgun, blasted away most of its stomach and then saw the little orange glowy things inside of it. Yeah. And the light bulb went off and I went, aha. So then I would blast it with the shotgun to knock away most of its skin which is gross. And then I would pull out my pistol because it's accurate. And then I would pluck off the little Las Plagas. And I think there's like three of them inside it before it would finally die. It is not worth the effort to kill these things, but it was just a really cool moment when I actually killed one of these and it fell down to the ground and I knew it was dead. Yeah. The sense of relief was like, I did it. I killed one. I like, yeah, like eat it sucker. Like, and then like, every once in a while throughout the rest of the game, you see body bags and you can hear yes. one of these is definitely uh, at least one has one of those inside because you hear the chains and like you hear a little bit of movement. And so you could actually like pull out that scope and you could look at the bags and you I can saw, see I got where the they bioscope are. And that was so cool yeah. man, to where like, oh, I don't have to wake these guys up. I don't have to run. I can sneak around them yeah. or I can choose to now open the fight by hitting them. Yeah. What a what a cool mob type. The uh the only other one I was going to mention are the El Gigantes. So these are like massive trolls like you yeah. might expect from like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something. They are just enormously big and shout out to the dog. If you save yes. the dog early on I in the bear trap, too. he yep. will come fight with you at the first El Gigante. Uh so that's another thing I love that Resident Evil 4 does. It's it was easier to miss the dog in the original. In this game, you you hear it whimpering, and then if you go save the dog, he'll he'll show up again later, which is really fun. Yeah. All right. So in a previous episode, when we were doing this week in gaming, I believe Michael had asked you if this game was scary, and you said no. And I don't know how far into the game you were at that point. I was curious to see if you still felt that same way. So I actually remember what I said is I said, no, I don't think the game is scary. I felt like I was halfway through. And and I actually specifically remember somebody saying it gets a lot scarier when you get to the castle. And so that's what I said is like, I think the castle gets scarier. I'm still going to say I don't think this game is scary. What about all the jump scenes? I, I, that's, you know, (laughs) it's fine. There are some (laughs) here's, but I'm going to, I'm going to preface that. By saying, I don't think that this game is a scary game, except for the monsters that we just got done describing, because those things are terrifying. There is a sequence in this game where you're in dark, like a dark laboratory, and there's two of them stalking you. Yeah. And that is terrifying. So the, 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 the horror elements in this game to me are one of my favorite kind, to be honest. And it's more psychological. This is, there's some gruesome scenes. There's some like, ritualistic scenes. I remember there's one part where you go into the the church in the beginning and there's just skulls everywhere and there's like a giant skull. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool looking. And so there's some of that, but I never like, there's not once where I was playing this where I'm like, this game's creepy. Like when I played the Dead Space remake, I played that with lights out. That game is creepy to me. Like Dead Space is like a scary game. I didn't feel like this was, but where this game excelled for me was in that sense of anxiety, in that panic, in the tension 
of all of these different moments put together. And so that is scary in its own way. But in the classic like horror sense, I didn't, I don't, I don't feel that necessarily, but this game like just freaked me out emotionally. (laughs) Like just like (laughs) run, run, get out of here. Like there's too many villagers, you know, that kind of stuff. Or Ashley would get kidnapped and then now I'm panicking because it's like, I got a guy on me, but I got to shoot that guy because if he captures Ashley and gets away, it's game over. So that's where it really fired on all cylinders for me. It's very thrilling. I think it's fair to say that. Yeah. There's there's one sequence in particular that I would say is more of the horror lean-in where you have suits of armor that come to life. Yes. And you don't have any weapons. And you're more ducking and weaving and trying to solve puzzles with bells that you ring. And and uh, also, I don't know if you noticed, but Resident Evil Village, which, by the way, they did say very much they were modeling Village after Resident Evil 4. And you can feel it, especially when you've played both. Because even when we talked about like the baby monster in yeah. Resident Evil Village and how you get on the elevator without killing it and how you're like mashing the elevator button, that's straight out of Resident Evil 4. Yes. That's in there as well. Uh, so it's a little, I feel like that's a little bit of a nod back to 4 uh, inside Village. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what doesn't work. I think for the most part, we've been very positive. Is there anything here that you would maybe be critical of or point out as something that's a little less fun? It's, I, I don't know if this is a remnant of this game being an older game or if it's just by design. There, This is a little bit nitpicky stuff. One of the things I found infuriating was you cannot store. So you have this briefcase, your attache case that serves <laughs> as your inventory space. So expensive to buy a bigger case, by the way. One million dollars. And it is, dude. It's super expensive. I mean, you get like four squares. And I'm like, but I'm buying it every single time. Yeah. I will say that it was frustrating for me that I could not store any of my crafting items or um, or ammo. No and stash. There's You can't. The only thing you can store are weapons and healing items. And that is it. And so I wound up having to like do the inventory shuffle, which is just never fun, man. Like that's not fun in a game to have to say like, okay, well, I'm just going to destroy these crafting components because it won't let me store them. And I need space to pick up this herb because I'm dying, you know, or something along those lines. So I got a little flustered with the inventory system, not letting me store crafting components and stuff like that. Um, the other issue is that for me, ammo was scarce. I don't, maybe I just didn't use the knife enough, but gunpowder is, I have, I had so many like large resource bags and small resource bags, but never enough gunpowder to actually craft the amount of ammo that I wanted to. And yeah. I think that might have been by design, but it felt a little frustrating to me because it's like, well, why do I have six of these resource bags in my inventory that I can't stash? But I can only make one round of ammo because I only have 10 gunpowder. And you cannot buy gunpowder in this game. You can only find it. And so that was the little... I mean, that's a nitpicky thing, so that tells you something. But I will say that though the inventory system and the stashing system just didn't really jive with me super well. Oh, that's funny. I think it's one of the biggest strengths. I love the inventory system because it forces you to pick and choose what's most important and what you're going to use. You can always sell excess stuff. I I sold crafting mats here and there when I needed to. 
And I love the fact that you cannot run around with a bolt thrower and a submachine gun and a rifle and a pistol and a rocket launcher. You don't have room for all that. Realistically, in the beginning, you can really only carry like two weapons and then you upgrade your case. Maybe you can have three or four. But even by the end of the game, you're not running around with a ton of weapons. And I felt like that also forced me to craft things on the go. Because normally in a game like this, I'm not really going to pay attention to crafting. But if my attache case was full well i'm just gonna craft a whole bunch of pistol bullets or grenades or flashbangs flashbangs are also really cool because if there's lost plagas popping out of guys heads flashbang kills all of them there were several times that i had like six enemies one flashbang will actually kill them um so i I thought it was kind of clever in forcing you to pick and choose what to use uh my only thing is also very nitpicky the very last couple of chapters for me are too action forward um, when you're running around murking fools by the dozens, I feel like it takes away what makes this game so special. I like when you're creeping down the catacombs and now you're fighting a couple mobs at once, or maybe you're fighting your way up the stairwell and you're fighting mobs while boulders are rolling down and trying to hit you. That to me is what makes the combat and the gameplay so special. At the end, when it's a little more action forward, I enjoyed being able to work off all the excess ammo I had been stashing. But at the same time, the combat I don't find as satisfying at the end of this game. I, I get that for sure. You do start to feel, uh, not Rambo, but you it does go from that tension and panic mode to like, I'm just going to blast everything and get through this as quickly as I can because that's like the nature of the level. And it is yeah. a little bit jarring. You're, you're Rambo light in yeah. the last couple chapters. <laughs> and uh, I, I hate to pile on because I know everyone online already complains about this. The voice acting for Ada Wong is not good. Leon, changed your mind yet? Ada? Assuming you haven't, I've got a tip for you. Seems like something big is about to go down in the throne room. Babysitting's tough, huh? Hey, Ada. Ada! <sighs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, her voice act work, I'd say, is rather poor. I'm I'm not one of the kind of people to go online and say, you ruined this game for me. I think that's a little over the top. Uh, but it does stand out where I think the voice acting of everyone else is actually quite good, especially Luis and uh, yeah, Leon. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take our last break, and we'll be right back with our closing segments. Okay, Josh, closing out our show, let's go through our regular segments here. Let's start off with some hot takes. Ooh. Ready or not, that's hot. Yes. All right, Josh, hit me with it. What's your hot take, buddy? All right, I'm trying to be spicy, Paul. You, you made fun of me for my hot takes being kind of just cool takes. Your, your mild takes. So, yeah, so I'm trying to come in a little spicier here. So I'm going to say my hot take is that Leon is one of the least likable heroes in a game that I have played in a while. That's very like, funny you mentioned that. Do you know what they changed with Leon between the original and this? I have no idea. They completely rewrote huge parts of this game. They took out all of Leon's one-liners. He used to run around like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sure you boys didn't just tag along so we could sing Kumbaya together at some Boy Scout bonfire. Then again, maybe you did. Oh yes, I let our miserable insects out for some exercise down in the sewer. Thanks, that should keep me company, because boredom kills me. 
Oh, what a touching moment we have here. All spoiled thanks to your interruption. Why don't you do us all a favor and leave before the audience gets pissed off? See, I think I would like that. Yes, he had personality. Yeah. It's, it's one of my critiques of the remake. Leon is so serious the whole time. He's very hard to like. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I didn't really like him, to be honest. Like, nothing about him super memorable. Um, you know, well, he's, not uh, only he, that, you said you played Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3, and you didn't know who Leon was. Well, he's not first in number four. You've played as Leon, and apparently you just didn't remember him from uh, the he, older ones. He's in t- is he in two? I think he's in two and three, I, but he I might, might be, be wrong. in two, but I'll be honest. It's just like, I, he's there's forgettable. nothing. Yeah, and that's the thing is, it's like you play this whole game as this guy. He's some secret agent, super agent guy. Um, you know, I, I'm supposed to be really good, like Jason Bourne ish, but I never really felt like Jason Bourne. And there's just nothing about being Leon that I found relatable, like at all in this game. So my hot take is, I mean, you know, let's be honest. There's been some games, (laughs) Atomic Heart and Forspoken, where it's like, okay, I hate these people. I didn't hate Leon, but I just found it to be very whatever. Like it could have just been a faceless blob on the screen for me and it would have the game wouldn't have been any better or worse for it. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Luis is running around having all the fun in yeah. this game, and he does hit you with some jokes and some one-liners, although even he is toned down here in the remake. I do feel like the remake erred on the side of making it a little bit too serious. There's nothing wrong with throwing out some goofy one-liners. I mean, I think they could have preserved some of that. Uh, for me, despite me not liking that change in the remake, my hot take is that I think it's the greatest remaster, not remaster. I think this is the greatest remake of all time. This is not just a coat of paint. Go, go watch any footage of resident evil four. And you can tell it's all different. I mean, they rewrote entire lines of dialogue. Um, they cut certain content, but they added new stuff. All the voice lines are redone with new, you know, voice acting there are entire buildings that are completely redone. I mean, this is this does not play like the original, but it feels like the original. They took everything that made Resident Evil 4 special. They preserved that for the most part, and everything else is just fully rebuilt. Like, they took out all the annoying quick time events. In the original, all the boss fights had a lot of quick time events and press these buttons to dodge or it's a one-shot kill. And I'm glad they got rid of most of that. There's very few QTEs anymore in, in the remake. Um, oh, one other thing I love. In the original, anytime you were talking over the radio, you would get uh, like a cutscene, and it would pop up and you'd have a little avatar of both characters and they would talk to each other. They got rid of that in the remake. You get to still walk around and keep playing. They just give you like a little, almost like a holographic overlay yeah. at the bottom and you just get to keep going. So they, they keep the momentum moving in the remake, which I really appreciate. And they also added side quests. So like shooting the medallions, that was in the original, but they've also added these interesting side quests. Hey, there's a, a monstrous dog that's prowling this area if you go hunt it down and kill it i'll give you some bonus loot and you can go do those side quests and i think that stuff also really keeps the game fresh and new a lot of stuff that you get to do 
All right. Well, Josh, now that we're done with hot takes, you got some community reviews to read? Oh, I do. We always pull some reviews just so people can get an idea of some of the good of the game, some of the bad of the game, and just get a different opinion besides uh, Paul and myself on this, too. So we always go to Steam and pull some good and some bad. So this first one is not recommended. They had seven hours on record. Uh, and it says, release good game without microtransactions. Wait for overwhelmingly positive reviews. Patch in microtransactions later so they are not represented <laughs> or considered in the review scores? Question mark? Profit! Okay, so there is DLC, which is basically cheats. So instead of like entering a code for a cheat, you can pay for some DLC. It is a little bit shady. <laughs> and they did it after the release, which is super shady. Uh, I will say that... It's also that really smart. It is. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. Um, I will say that a lot of the negative reviews were people that are upset at this very specific thing that they did. And it was adding microtransactions to a single-player game, which nobody likes. But then they did it after the launch, which a lot of people rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, All, All right, right this- that's fair. Next one is recommended 20 hours on record, and it says, Ah, I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> How was that, Paul? Was that Not bad. Good? All right, that was pretty all right. good, Josh. Okay. That's good. All right. I practiced a lot, man, <laughs> hours on that. So, But that's it. That's the review, which is great. That's a nod to the vendor in this game. By the way, anytime I saw that purple flame, I was so happy, dude. Oh, Number yeah. one, it meant a save point. Number two, it meant I could sell stuff. I could buy healing stuff. I could, you know, I maybe there was a new weapon. I could repair everything. I did. It was such a good feeling, dude, to come across the vendor in this game. It really is. In the original, you could kill them every time, and there'd just be a new really? merchant at the next. One. Yeah, <laughs> I and this time they don't. They egg. don't let you. I did hit him with an egg. Just to oh, try that, he so. will comment if you do yes. that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So this next one is not recommended. Uh, this person has forty hours on record, um, and it says this game is a resounding meh. It's a hundred percent an action game with no horror whatsoever, honestly. And in this one hundred percent action shooter, your character moves like he's covered in tar. The camera is in the way. It's either too close for an action shooter, and it gets even closer while aiming. Then there's the standard bullet sponges to ramp up the difficulty, and the recipe is complete. The combat plainly sucks and was evidently made this way so you wouldn't steamroll through crap-tier enemies. And since that's the only thing you're doing in this game, let's say I won't be replaying this one. It crashed only once, though, so that's a plus. Oh, boo. That guy sucks. <laughs> I mean, I if you go into this game expecting a Titanfall 2 campaign, right, or a Call of Duty single player campaign or something like that, this that is not what this game is. That's not a hit against the game. That's against your expectations for the game in that regard. You know, like, I don't know what this guy thought he was getting into personally. All right. Yeah. And then this last one is recommended 25 hours on record. And it says... It's been a while buying a game at full price and enjoying every minute of it. I usually write lengthy reviews, but I'll keep this short. If you miss the good old days where you simply can't wait to escape your worries by playing video games, this game is just for you. That feeling you get where you can't wait to get home from school or work just so you can play your favorite video game. This game delivers that feeling. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I can't explain how happy i was loading this game up and that's not to throw shade at something like pillars of eternity 2 which is a great game in its own right but for my personal preference playing this game was 
the most fun I've had in a long time. It was, it just, it hit on like every cylinder for me. And you have that nostalgia factor. See, I don't have the nostalgia factor. So for me, this was a brand new video game that I've never yeah. played before. I understand the series. I get the Las Plagas. I get the, you know, I, I know you know, the, the theme and all that stuff and the gameplay and the style and all that. But this was a completely new game for me, you know? And, uh, and so I'll, I guess I'll give you my thoughts on it here in just a second, but Paul, we have to guess the score now. Um, sure and there do. was a context clue earlier, but also we kind of know that this game, uh, it was getting some pretty rave reviews when it released as well. So we always try to guess the steam rating. Uh, if this game is on steam, which is a scale of zero to 100, uh, I think, uh, well, the, <laughs> it's up the, in the, the reigning champ is not here. So, <laughs> yeah, I I wrote down ninety seven. That was my initial guess. I, I was thinking, am I going to change that or leave it as is? I think I'm going to leave it at ninety seven. I think this game is very beloved. I think most people who bought it played the original back in the day and probably really loved it. So I'm going to say ninety seven. I guess 95. Uh, I knew the game was getting really good reviews. Um, I said, hey, I think it's 95. Paul, you're getting really good at this because you nailed it on, oh, the, it's 97? on the money. It is 97%. I legit almost said 98. And then I'm like, no game is 98% yeah. on Steam. Like, that's yeah. crazy. So, uh, wow, 97. That's- 97% rating. And there's a lot of reviews. This isn't like a thousand reviews and it's just, you know, hey, a, a weird percentage of people liked it. That might be the highest we've ever done a deep dive on. 97 I, I, is way up there. Here's the other thing. I searched and searched. You, I, I probably spent a solid 40 minutes scrolling through the negative or Steam reviews to try to find somebody that had something <laughs> negative to say about the game itself. Right? <laughs> Everybody was either the game's crashing for me, which there was a ray tracing issue that was causing crashes. I did actually have to turn off ray tracing. Once I did that, I had no more crashes. Um, but I did crash twice, but I like a quick Google search just said, hey, turn off ray tracing and it's fine. And it was. The other issue was the addition of the microtransactions after release. I found the one review that I read where the guy said the combat was boring. Covered in tar. <laughs> None of the other reviews said, I just don't like this game. It was, this game is crashing, or they added microtransactions. So that should tell you something about the quality of the game itself. So unless you're that one person, right, you'll yeah. probably like it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that means I get to lead us into the next segment, Josh. Do it. Bring us Let's in hit that there, music. Paul. Hey there, Ada Wong. Did you fart? Because you blow me away. <laughs> I love it, Paul. You speak in my love right. language. <laughs> I will say Ada Wong, maybe a smoke show of the year nominee, it's despite close. the poor voice act. It's yeah, very yeah. close. Yeah. All right. So this uh, segment here is called Make Love, Marry, or Murder. This is when each of us give it a rating. Is this game marriage material? We highly recommend it. Go buy it. You'll get a ton of playtime out of it. Or is it make love? Maybe pick it up if it's on sale or maybe play for a couple hours and then, you know, drop it when it's no longer working for you. Or is it murder material? Stay away. Uh, I think it goes without saying for me, this is a absolute marriage game. I think this is not just a game you can marry. I think this is an incredibly strong marriage. This is like the perfect spouse who's in tune with you. They know what you need before you even realize you have fun with them. They're loyal. They, uh, you know, they, they bring all of it to the table. There's, there's, this game doesn't take anything off the table. It only puts more and more on it. I, I think it's an absolute Mary. 
I I'm looking at this game as somebody that never played the original. I, I I'm coming into this thing just absolutely fresh, and you know I've played some of the other Resident Evils, and and I remember talking that said this is this move this one moved towards the action side of things a little bit away from the horror side of things, and. This game is fantastic, dude. This is an it's easy, so it's an easy Mary for me. I I love the review that said this is the game that I'm excited to get home from work to play because that yeah. was literally <laughs> me. You know, it's like, dude, I, you know, I get home. Hey, family, anything going on? No. Okay, cool. I'm going to go play Resident Evil. You know, <laughs> like, what? You need help with your math homework? Um, Go ask mom. Daddy's got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm the kind of person who tends to spread out my gaming. I'll play two hours a day until I beat a game. That's how I prefer to game. I think I beat this game in like three days, maybe three and a half days. I I played it and I loved every second. Yeah, it is polished. It is fun. It is graphically beautiful. The sound is, I mean, just it hits on every cylinder. Could I find a few complaints? Sure. But I can do that for any game. You know, this game is well worth the money. It's fantastic. It's fun. It's tense. It's it's memorable. And this is not touching on the replayability factor. This game has a ton of replayability. There are so many hidden secrets and little things that you can do in this game. We could talk about those on on a completely separate episode and fill up a whole show on all the little things that are built into this. So I think that this game appeals to so many different people. It's an easy, easy marry from me. The one thing I'll mention is when you do multiple playthroughs, you do unlock new stuff. One of the things that's very funny is when you beat the game on normal, uh, then they give you access to like the mobster pinstripe suit. And that's where you get to preserve a little bit of Leon's personality because he'll start like flipping the revolvers in the air when he reloads it. He'll spin in a circle and tip his hat like Michael Jackson. So that's funny. Even though it's a little weird from an immersion standpoint while he's fighting these, <laughs> these, you know, infected and then doing a spin dance move, but it is actually very funny upon replaying and uh, getting into some of the goofier stuff. All right. Well, Josh, we have just one last segment. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. All right. If you're new to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, we have an overall leaderboard at MultiplayerPodcast.com. We decide at the end of every deep dive, where do we rank this game against all the others? It's kind of like our Hall of Fame, right? So we have a total of 93 deep dives, getting very close to that 100 mark. To give you a couple of uh, you know examples here, we've got Red Dead 2 coming in at number one. We've got Outriders at 12. We've got Demio at 27, still the only uh, VR game that we've covered. Yeah. We got some other stuff on here like Resident Evil Village at 34 and V Rising at 43. And then down near the bottom, we have some stuff like The Quarry, 12 Minutes, Human Fall Flat, some of the others. Very curious to get your take, Josh. What kind of range are you looking at? Oh, this is really hard for me, man, because this game, we just got done singing the virtues of this game. It is great. Um, I asked myself, is it better than Divinity Original Sin 2 for me? Everybody knows that's one of my favorite RPGs ever. So then I kind of go, no. Is it better than Elden Ring? I go, ooh, I just think Elden Ring's a little bit more my style of game. But it's close. 
you know? Okay. And then I start looking at like Hearthstone and Call of Duty Warzone and Grand Theft Auto Online, and I kind of go, I think it's better than some of those, to be honest. So I, I think I, for me, if we put it at 16, I think that would be fantastic because I think it belongs up there. It's really legitimately that good of a video game. Um, it's got replayability. It's, you know, it's, it's got so many things. There's a reason that everybody is gushing about this game. It's true. Like the hype is real from, uh, you know, a, a person that has all the nostalgia and a person that has none of it. Like this game holds up to me. It's just, it doesn't have the epicness that something like Elden Ring does or Divinity Original Sin 2 or like Valheim or something like that. So for me, I think I would put it right at 16. Mm, okay. So I'm I'm glad to hear that we have it here in the top 20. I think that's super fair. For me personally, I would put it at number seven. I would have it right below God of War Ragnarok. And I would have it above Rust, Apex Legends, Rocket League, Valheim. As much as I love all these games, and like I've said before, I don't so much quibble about individual ratings. I think of it more in terms of tiers. I don't think this is a top six for us. I think those are very clearly the top six games on our leaderboard. You know, stuff like Disco Elysium, God of War 2018, God of War Ragnarok. Those are all timers. I think Resident Evil 4 is right up there. And for me, having the nostalgia, I think that's probably why I have it like nine spots higher than you. Um, So if we're looking at a little bit of a compromise here, I guess, uh, I don't know. If, if If you feel really strongly about Divinity Original Sin 2, I'm fine putting it below that. I have trouble putting this below Hogwarts Legacy as much as I love Hogwarts. I definitely would have this above. I, I think it's probably more. Is it more Elden Ring that's it's, giving you trouble? See, I, it's those three. Honestly, it's Divinity, Hogwarts, Elden Ring. Because, I, again, I'll just mention like the grandness, right? Like the, the scale of Resident Evil 4, the remake, it's a phenomenal like it's a phenomenal game, but I almost feel like it's an hour long episode of like a show. It's not your epic, like two and a half hour long Lord of the Rings movie, you know? And so while it can be like just fantastic, it's just, to me, it's like this short, perfectly framed hour long episode. And so I have a hard time putting it up against games like Hogwarts legacy, and you know divinity original sin 2 and and elden ring i could see i just i have a hard time putting it above elden ring <laughs> i could actually yeah. make the case that it's better than hogwarts you know um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and so that's my problem so if you want to compromise i i would say 14 14 <laughs> i mean that's only that's, two spots i know paul i'm not yeah, very yeah, good yeah. at this <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I know how strongly you feel about DOS 2. You probably feel as strongly about DOS 2 as I do about Resident Evil 4. Yeah. The, the thing with Elden Ring is, for most people, they would have it number one. Or they're going to have it somewhere far it's lower. It's a lot more divisive. Yeah. 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 Whereas Resident Evil 4, I think, is just so much more accessible. I think anyone can pick it up and play it and have a good time. That is a really good point. I think more people can relate to Resident Evil 4 and pick it up and have a good time. Whereas Elden Ring is, like you said, is either going to be like one of your top three games ever or you're just going to really hate the whole process of it. And it's too hard. Right. I'm not enjoying it because I have to fight Margaret. Yeah. 20 times or 35 times, you know, something like that. So you're good at 14 then? 
Yeah, I'm fine. We okay. can plug it in Let's at 14. I, I my only worry is that you were going to say, you know, and actually I liked Village a little more. Let's pop it no, in at 40. And then I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just it's glad like that's fighting words, happen. Josh. <laughs> I will say in, in in hindsight, I do wonder if Resident Evil Village is a little too low. I know it was our very first single player game on the leaderboard and that yeah. played a large part where we said you're going to get 12 hours out of it and that's about it. But the experience was so much fun. As soon as I finished 4, I immediately wanted to buy the remake of 2, and I wanted to replay Resident Evil Village. So maybe yeah. one of these days I'll, I'll have to pop back into Village and, and see if we maybe have that one a little too low. All right. Any closing words, Josh? Anything else to say? This was a fun one, man. I love when it, like we get to play a game for the podcast, and yet at the same time, like really just love sitting down and playing this game too. If it, 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 and I like honestly, I really love the fact that like this was one of your favorite games, like way back in the day, and I had yeah. never played it because that is two <laughs> perspectives right there that I'm really glad we had in that case. So I'm glad that I sacrificed all those years, Paul of not mm-hmm. playing the original Resident Evil 4 for our listeners so that I could give this take on this episode. Just to lead up to this moment. You knew. <laughs> 25-year-old Josh That's knew right. coming down the road, we're going to have a podcast. That's right. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, we do want to mention our Patreon page. Uh, I didn't mention it earlier, but we are largely funded by our listeners. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you like what we do here and want to help us keep things running, head on over to MultiplayerSquad.com. That'll forward to our Patreon page. If you sign up, it starts at 5 bucks a month. You'll get bonus episodes. You'll get a shout-out on the show. You get them ad-free. You get them a day early. There's a ton of perks that come with it. So go check that out, MultiplayerSquad.com. And we do want to say thank you to everyone for joining us today. Our next deep dive will be in two weeks. That's going to be Dead Island 2. I guess this is sort of like, quote, zombie month for yeah. us, <laughs> uh, even though I know they're not technically zombies in Resident Evil. Um, so make sure to check out all of our episodes. We release new ones on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So thanks again to everyone. We love and appreciate you all. Until next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody.